and welcome again to another edition of Cabra Matters because Cabra matters to God and to us. Uh, I'm Rob, I'm joined by Will and Hien. Uh, we're pastors of uh, Cabra Anglican Church uh, of the English Congregation uh, and we're very pleased uh, to be back with you uh, for another uh, chapter in uh, Gregory Kukul's book called Tactics. This week um, we're looking at two chapters, chapter 6 and 7. It's called Two Reliable Rescues. And then um, the second chapter is using questions to make a point. Now, just before we get into the nuts and bolts of what he's saying, just want to drive, um, just to share with you why we think this chapter is really useful. Uh, so it's particularly useful in how do we deal with hostile encounters? Uh, if you can think of someone that you've had a heated exchange with before, or someone who's had a really kind of entrenched position, uh, this chapter is particularly useful in those encounters. So, for example, uh, if you've ever been door knocked by a particular, uh, let's just say, other religious um, uh, affiliates uh, or cults, uh, or if you've just got a, someone that you know of that who's a strong atheist or Buddhist, this will help us in how do we move forwards uh, in those encounters. And so there's two particular scriptures that drive this chapter, which I don't remember if Gregory Kukul goes into, but uh, here they are. Uh, the first one is in Colossians chapter 4. Uh, verse 5, uh, which um, talks about being walking wisely amongst outsiders, making the best use of our time. Uh, let our speech always be gracious and seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So even in these hostile encounters, we want to be able to be gracious in all that we say, and also be able to answer uh, each person, uh, and do so wisely in a way that pleases Jesus. Uh, and the other one is in 1 Peter 3, uh, which is um, which exhorts us to always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. But the key bit is, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So it's really easy in these situations to just defend and to fight and to actually offend the other person. But we're exhorted in Scripture to do it, to not disengage, but to engage with gentleness and respect. And so that's how this chapter will help us. And so I'm um, going to hand it over to uh, my friend, Will, uh, who's going to, Kind of give us a summary of what are the, are the key points uh, in the, in these two chapters. I think it's very uh, interesting how the passages we looked at um, in Colossians four and First Peter three um, is really focusing on our character uh, of our and how we exchange ideas with people, and so it's like you know, gentleness and respect and being gracious. Um, yeah, and I think that really goes down to one of the insights that Gregory has has made which is if someone gets angry you lose right um and so if you get angry then you're not being gracious anymore and you're not getting you're not being gentle you're not respecting the other um and so that that i think there's three pillars in in a in a good conversation and it's knowledge and wisdom and our character right and so knowledge is knowledge of the issues wisdom is yeah you know being wise in how you direct the conversation and where you go. Um, and then more importantly is our character as well behind it. Um, so I think, yeah, those passages are really key in our interactions with outsiders uh, to, to kind of keep in mind as well. Um, I think one of the, one of the key quotes that I, that I um, want to remember from, from these chapters is on page 88, where Gregory says, never make a frontal assault on a superior force in an entrenched position. If you think about that, it's like, if the other person is smarter than you, knows more than you, 
and he's an expert in that particular area and he's got he or her he or she has a um you know uh their their reputation to defend <laughs> um there's no point in trying to attack them front on you might as well just be asking them questions instead mm. so you know this chapter's about yeah what, what do we do in those situations um and Gregory has a couple of suggestions. It's ask them to explain the position further. And your position is as a learner, and you're saying, I just want to understand your point better. Mm -hmm. right? And then they, they can explain, explain, explain. And then once they're done explaining, um, and you have no response, you can just go, oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. I've got something to think about. And then you can go, oh, that's new information. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate that. And then go, oh, I've got something to, I can reflect on that more. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's okay, and that's taking a humble approach, isn't it? You don't have to win the argument. Um, mm -hmm. you just listen to them out. So I remember talking to my friend. Um, he he's um like he did math and law, and he was and he finished his math PhD. So this guy's way smarter than me, right? <laughs> um, super smart guy, and he's an atheist, staunch atheist, and um, he knows I'm a Christian, and he knew that I was going to head into uh, ministry. And so we we're just chatting and he said, he said like, I think he we we're just talking about why I um, believe in God. And he said, he thinks the strongest um, argument is uh, like the, you can't have an infinite regression. And then I was like, oh, what do you mean by that? Well, I, I don't, I don't know what, I have, haven't heard of this before. So he explained it to me that, you know, if you have a cause, you can't have, you can't go, oh, well, what, what caused that cause? So what's behind that cause? Mm. And then what's behind that cause? Because every cause, you got to ask, oh, what, what happened behind that? What happened behind that? Mm. And then it's like, you can't, it doesn't logically hold up if you go, if you go on an infinite regression, if you keep going back to in, infinite, right? Infinity. And so he said, that's probably the strongest argument. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then I said, what's wrong with it? And then he made some explanation. I didn't get it. And then he asked me, well, wh why do you believe in God? Um, and then I just said, oh, have you considered Jesus, right? Like, you know, he's a real person in history. Um, history attests to him. Um, and he attested to himself. He made claims that he is God. Um, and he, he died on the cross, but he raised from the dead, right? And people saw that. People witnessed that. And lives changed. And so from that observation, uh, I feel like you can, only you can only conclude, for me anyway, with the evidence available, that he is indeed who he claimed to be. And then I said, based on the Bible's, um, you know, uh, testimony of Jesus, uh, we could say that he's either a liar, uh, a liar, the Lord, or the lunatic. And then, and then after I said that, he's like, oh yeah, you know, you, you're talking about the liar, Lord, lunatic. And then he he came back at me and said, well, what if Jesus was honestly mistaken? And then I was stumped, right? Like after he said that, I was like, oh, okay, I haven't thought about that before. Well, thanks. And then that, that was the end of that conversation. We talked about something else. Um, yeah, and so I think, you know, you don't always have to have, you know, a conversation that goes somewhere where you actually make a complete point and convince the other person. You could be, you could take the, the other route and go, well, yeah, that's new information for me. Mm. And mm. I'll, I'll think about it some more, mm. right? Um, yeah, well, I could, have, I could have had opportunity of asking him more questions about what he thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to apply the principles that like Gregory's talking about, how would you approach that now? Yeah, so I would have asked him, like, what do you mean by that? Um, yeah, I was going to talk about it later. Oh, yeah. 
when we're thinking about exposing his flaw. Mm. So after I reflected on it, um, I was like, oh, there's a flaw in that in that statement. Um, and so I would have asked him, well, what would it look like for Jesus to be honestly mistaken? And I think the only answer is that he honestly thinks he is God. Right? If Jesus was honestly mistaken, he claims to be God, which means he honestly thinks he is God. Mm. Then I would ask, okay, well, how would you describe someone who honestly thinks they are God? Hmm. And I think the answer is lunatic. Yeah. Right. He's he's gone crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. no one can no one can honestly like if honestly think that you are the all powerful creator of the universe as an in, in as a finite being as a person, um, then there's something wrong in your in your brain. Hmm. Yeah, and I'd hope as well. Like he sounds like a smart guy. Yep. Like if you <clears throat> probed him a bit more. Hopefully he'd come to that logical conclusion like, for himself, <clears throat> which I think is actually really, it's, it's not our instinct to do that. Our instinct is to fight, but yeah, he, um, he hopefully points out in this book, yeah, uh, it's the next bit of using questions to move us in a direction to help you make a point. Mm. Um, yeah. So can you, can you um, either of you just share a bit more like what that looks like? Um... I'm not sure what it looks like, but I think uh, what 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 uh, Gregory uh, was trying to say is that um, you don't want to be telling the other person what your point of view is or, or how you come to that. You want to get the other person to realize it for themselves mm. by asking these questions or by listening to them and, and by just just hearing them out. Um, I think that's yeah. I think that's what what Gregory is trying to say. Um, yeah, and it's it's not it's hard to do in practice, uh, and you know when you put into that situation, you're always thinking of defending yourself, uh, defending your position or your ideas, mm. uh, and uh, that's just a natural thing. But I think getting out of that naturalness and trying to just say, um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, let me hear, let me learn, be a learner mm. uh, of your ideas. And then, yeah, just to show them that you, it's, it's like getting a foot into the, <laughs> getting your foot in into their the space. Mm. And so they trust to hear from you instead of just defending and then they would just put up the walls and defend as well. Yeah, I made a big mistake, um, which I'm happy to share here so that we can all learn uh, from it. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, I was door knocked by um, two people who, uh, they opened the Bible with, me and basically said do you believe in god the mother and for me i was like i would never heard of this before i was instantly kind of caught off guard and just thought well what is going on mm. uh, and they pointed me to scripture they pointed me to um, <clears throat> galatians chapter 4 which talks about hagar and sarah and the new jerusalem and from there somehow just said oh this is talking about god the mother do you believe in god the mother and i I was just kind of there in the moment and just observing. And I remember one of them was kind of at the door in my face talking to me. And the other person was kind of standing back uh, in the background. And I, just, I was just like trying to read the situation, what's going on. And as she kept on kind of pushing, you know, do you believe in God the mother? I said, well, no, I don't. Um, I tried to ask the question, well, what do you mean? Uh, have, you, have you considered reading through John's gospel? Have you not read? Because if you go through John's gospel, it's clear that God is triune. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then I asked them the question, and then uh, they kind of just disengaged with me. And then I got heated and upset that they wouldn't kind of argue with me. And then they just kind of walked off. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, okay. 
I kind of just went too offensive too quickly and I didn't really, my instinct was to fight and to defend the position, my position as opposed to um, understanding where they're coming from and unpacking their worldview. Like how did they come to that conclusion? Um, they kind of shown me, but then maybe I could have probed a bit more. Um, so that's where I was chatting to um, yeah, Will and Hien yesterday and uh, they pointed out some helpful things uh, from this chapter. Can we just revisit that conversation? What were some of those things? <laughs> Coach me, what, what can I do next time? <laughs> yeah, so I guess you're, you're going to try to identify um, a flaw and I think you have. Like the flaw that you've identified is that they haven't considered other parts of scripture and they made a jump from Galatians 4 about Sarah and Hagar, which is, in, which is metaphor, um, into a theological statement about the nature of God that he is God the mother, mm. right? Um, and so based off that, uh, you decided to then go on the offensive and go, oh, well, you haven't, you haven't read this, you haven't read that, so, you know, you're wrong kind yeah, of thing. And then they just disengaged. Yeah. Um, so I think we we're just, we're just discussing that conversation and, and we thought, how do we apply Gregory's, um, you know, principles? And we thought, okay, maybe you could go ask some leading questions to, to expose the flaw. You could go, you could ask them, well, it seems like you're using the Bible um, to understand God. Do you believe that the Bible is God's word? Right, and then you know they probably say yes. If they say no, then you've got other questions to ask. Yep. <laughs> and if they say yes, then you go, well, do you accept um, all of the Bible, the whole, the whole entire Bible, right? Just to clarify, as as God's word, as revelation from God, and they'll probably say yes. And then that's probably when you can go, well, have you then considered this passage? Right, because if you believe that the whole Bible is is God's word, then you know what what does this passage say? How does this what does this passage reveal about God? And then maybe you can then, in a more gentle manner, direct them to the other passages. Yeah, like I'd be really curious to hear like what they'd say about John fourteen. Mm. You know, no one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, I'm mm. like oh, how do you how do you make sense of that? If yeah, he's he's a father. Yeah, he's, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, in, in that way you're trying to get them to to make the up their own or change their own minds instead of you changing their minds mm -hmm. yeah i really like that because it's not instead of me just taking out my bible and i guess to use the cliche bible bash them i'm asking them questions mm. to arrive at my conclusion um, which can be quite frustrating if you've ever been on that receiving end of someone asking you leading questions but remember we're dealing with particular people here people who are in an entrenched position who are quite kind of in a sense hostile I guess that's how you kind of handle that situation. Like you do need to ask them leading questions mm. to bring them to um, a particular point. Mm. Um, Hien, you had a really wise quote. Uh, I kind of, I really like your one-liners. Oh, I can't <laughs> remember what that line was. But uh, with my experience with some no doctor, uh, door knockers, uh, like Jehovah Witnesses, uh, I really enjoy getting their door knocks. <laughs> Because uh, I like to uh, question them about, because they, they always go on about, you know, don't you want to be, have, be in paradise? And, and they always tell you there's a paradise. And, and I always ask them, well, what kind of paradise are you talking about? You know, where all the animals, a you know, picture of people and animals playing together and they're all in harmony and they're all happy and having fun. But then I say, I, I always ask them, well, what about the people in heaven? And they always say, yeah, there's, there, there's people in heaven as well. Um, there's 144,000 of them, and then I always ask, okay, uh, would, would would you like to be one of them? 
one of the 144,000 in heaven instead of the people on earth with the animals in paradise. And uh, yeah, I think it always not stumps them. I think uh, they, they, I'm trying to get them to think of getting to a better place than just being in paradise with the animals on earth and being in heaven with God with 144,000. And that's always the better position to be in. And so from that, whatever that comes, the conversation comes out, I always can always bring it back to, well, you know, Jesus gets you there. Mm. Mm. So it just sounds like rather than attack and defend, uh, uh, it's train our instincts to unpack the person. Yeah. 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 And and to to put in them their willingness or what they want in in faith or in an idea. Mm. If you're in a particular hostile space, um, Gregory, I found one part here particularly helpful. Um, he he goes on page 100. Um, ask if it's uh, if like so. For example, if they ask you for your views, um, you know, what's your view on uh, homosexuals? I'm like, okay, that's there, there's no neutral ground here. Like, if you really want my view, um, it's gonna cause some conflict. So, what do you do in that kind of space? Um, you know, he points out there's no neutral ground when it comes to the tolerance question. And so he encourages us to set the stage at that point. So, for example, you could ask the question, you know, do you consider yourself a tolerant person or an intolerant person on issues like this? Is it safe to give my opinion or are you going to judge me for my point of view? Do you respect diverse points of view or do you condemn others for having convictions that differ from your own? Like, I just thought that was a really helpful way uh, to rather than kind of engage in the, an answer, which would be my instinct, it's to set the stage first and just ask, is this a safe space for us to talk about this? Because if it's not, then I'd rather not offer my opinion. But if it is, then yeah, let's have a, actually have a, um, a, what is it, genial or like a, a cordial debate mm-hmm. <laughs> exchange. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think another, another principle that I got out of this is not to shoulder the burden of proof um, for an opinion that you have not made so like you might be talking to someone about something and then about Jesus and then they might say well you know they might have made a, made a claim about the Bible or about Jesus then our instinct is to then refute that claim straight away mm. and try to prove it wrong mm. or or, um, or bolster our claim and say no our claim is actually more reasonable and I think um, applying this principle of refusing to shoulder the burden of proof is because well, you haven't made a claim yet. They're the ones who made a claim. And if you keep asking questions, you're in the safety zone. Um, and so you don't have to prove anything. It's, mm. it's up to them. If, if they've made a claim, they need to prove it. Mm. And I think that's, that's a really good principle to, to keep. Um, yeah, because, you know, back to my example, um, if he goes, well, Jesus could have been honestly mistaken, then he needs to prove that. Mm. Right? I don't have to refute that at the moment anyway. Mm. Um, and then go. Oh, how do you know he was? How do you how do you prove that? Um, what what's your evidence? Um, all those things. Um, yeah. And then I think that in the same way, like the people who said, you know, is is God the mother? Then they've made the claim. You haven't made a claim yet, Rob. No. <laughs> and so you can keep asking questions, and you don't have to burden the shoulder. Of, like you don't have to burden the proof. Like the burden mm-hmm. of proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going outside of this book, but. I've heard this statement before. It's earning the right to speak. Mm. It sounds like, okay, before we go on the all-out offensive, it's just earn the right to speak. And that comes by you know, asking them, what do you mean by that? 
how'd you come to that conclusion? Can you show me like how you came to that? Um, just kind of variations of those mm. questions, really, yeah. until they feel heard. Yeah. And then at that point, hopefully, they'll ask a question. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Or, and, and, and if you've um, picked up a flaw in their reasoning or a mistake they've made in, in the points that they've made, then you can gently point that out with questions. Mm. Mm. Instead of just outrightly point, uh, saying that those flaws. Yeah. Mm. Instead of just outright going, oh, that's wrong, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, unless unless it unless yeah they made a crazy claim that you could just say is wrong because everyone thinks he's wrong. Mm. But even in those situations, <laughs> everyone like everyone believes that they're right. Yeah. Everyone believes that their opinions are correct, but opinions are not necessarily facts. And mm. so I think our job is to help people unpack unpack that. That's yeah. It, yeah. 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 I think what's helpful in what in the earlier chapter uh, where. Um, Gregory says, you know, be a student of, of, of their ideas, be a student of their statements. And uh, there was an example of uh, um, you know, a guy goes, uh, uh, he wants to go, uh, he wants to learn about Buddhism. Uh, is there any books that, that tells him about Buddhism? And then the, the guy, the, his friend goes, oh, I, I have this guy, he's Buddhist, and I, I want to, you know, Get prepared when I'm talking to him, and then the the guy, his friend, tells him, "Well, why didn't you just ask him <laughs> instead of just read all the books? Because he's he'll teach you all everything he knows about Buddhism." Mm. So that's that's you know getting getting um yeah being a student yep. of their ideas or their statements. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So just to recap, sounds like if you're dealing with a hostile opponent or uh, someone who's kind of firm in their position, don't attack them, don't defend. Ask them questions. Try to listen carefully to find out their reasoning and identify any flaws. There's no other way around that other than just to listen attentively. And then from there, keep asking questions to lead them to a point. Mm. Um, I guess the hard thing with these principles are they're just hard to do at the time. Like really hard to think of the right questions, um, especially when you're trying to listen at the same time. Um, But well, hey, Jesus doesn't say this is easy. Mm. Um, Like we do our best to walk wisely. Uh, we do our best to, uh, I guess, share the gospel uh, and explain being a way that's gentle and respectful. Yep. So I think just to finish off, um, uh, at, the, at the end, I think Gregory kind of says there's kind of three main uses of, of this tactic um, of asking asking questions to make a point. You're either trying to clarify the point you try, or you're trying to convey some new information um, or exposing a flaw. So clarifying the point is kind of like you're just trying to narrate what hap- what's happened so far and then ask that ask questions so that you, you're clear that everyone's on the same page. Um, and then, or conveying new info, it's like when you're trying to ask someone, have, well, have you considered this other evidence that we already both agree on or something? Mm. Um, so then you're trying to convey that new information for them to consider. Um, or you want to expose a, expose a flaw so you think that they've made a, a, a leap in assumptions or something or they have a, an assumption that you think is wrong, um, then you can ask them leading questions uh, to expose that. And all, all of these requires knowledge. Um, yeah, it requires you to have a, a good grasp of the, the topic at hand. So it could be either evolution or whatever. You kind of need to know a little bit about it. And if you don't really know much about it, then just revert back to steps one and two of Columbo, learn from them, ask them more questions, how did they come to that conclusion? And if you've got nothing to, 
to say or add or expose or whatever um, then you can just thank them for their time and mm. and go home and think about it some more mm. um, yeah because I think I think this is a an ongoing process right where we and I think we're going to talk about that at our next po- at our next pod about how do we practice to improve how do we um, be prepared right because first Peter 3 says you know always be prepared to give an answer well, what does it mean to be prepared? Mm. <laughs> right. Yep. So we hope that we hope and pray that that uh, is has been helpful for you uh, in your encounters uh, with uh, our neighbours, uh, our friends, uh, possibly our families uh, who don't know Jesus. Uh, and so, please, uh, we hope you'll be able to tr- uh, tune in with us next time as well. Um, go well, uh, and we you know, hope that this will be uh, edifying for you uh, and for your life. And Thanks for tuning in with us and we'll see you next time.